They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Hey, dude, man, it's welcome to Bad Boy Running, and we've we've taken an age actually to get Ricky on. I've no, I've no idea why. We've even had him at the run show before, and um, you try to think why you'd know Ricky mostly. He won the Gamma years ago. He's won World Trail Champs, the Long. Um, he's won pretty much NFL and hard race there is in uh, in the north of England, and many, many more. So, welcome on the podcast, the wonderful Ricky Lightfoot. <laughs> Cheers for having us on, finally. Yeah, my pleasure. I don't it's just sometimes we have guests that we just never invited. We we think why what happened there? And you you yeah, so apology it's taken so long. Um I think we first met back at the Red Bull steeplechase years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um But you've just come back from so you've just come back from the European trail running champs? Yes. Yeah, that was in Alde La Palma. Um, so How's yeah, that? it was. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a tough course. I didn't run particularly well. I, I, I sort of, you know, they've, they've, you run through so many mini climates on on the island like that, which is obviously volcanic, and the, it's the the most recent eruption one. So you run through uh, ash fields and stuff like that. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a difficult climb to run in, and we descended, and I got a bit hot, and you know that sort of sort of crushed my race a little bit, to be honest. But you know, I think I finished twentieth, which are you know, it, it's all right, it's not great, but you know, I give it, I give it what, what would I you could have been, on the day. What would you have been happy with? Do you think in that race? Um, well, the, the other the other British lads finished thirteenth and sixteenth. And I'd like to, I'd like to think, you know, I'm getting older now, but I'd I like to think I could, you know, get into the top ten. Um, but yeah, just I didn't have it on the day, unfortunately. Now today is the hottest day of the year. You work as a well, so it's the hottest day in history, I believe, in the UK. You work as a, a fireman. Is that a complete nightmare? What in in terms of running or in terms of being a oh, firefighter? Just, just in, like just the heat, they being this hot, and I assume there's probably more fires, but also the heat in the station, the heat in a van, the heat in. Like, is are you able to work okay with um on days like this? Yeah, well, it's funny you should say that. The other, well, I was on nights last night and the night before, and we got a call out and it was a building fire. Um, I just spent like best part of four hours running around the Borodale race route and then straight into work. So I only had time for a shower and we got called out straight away to this building fire. And some people know what breathing apparatus is, but it's basically a big heavy set, what you carry your own oxygen on, you wear a mask and you've got the full fire kit on. And mm-hmm. we had this we had this building fire and it, it was going well. We could see the smoke from the station a couple of miles away. And honestly, it was so hot outside. And then to put all that kit on and... You know, we we used the full set, which was thirty minutes wear, and I've never I've never worked as hard and breathed as hard in 
a long time. And I think it was just combined with having a four-hour run, being dehydrated, then straight <laughs> into it, you know, as soon as I'm into work. You know, it was tough, but it's uh, it's just, you just get on with it. And do, do you have to do special precautions to do with taking on liquids and and things like that? Or are you just rolling with the day and the heat just happens to be different over this period? Yeah, you just sort of, you just sort of roll with it. I mean, in, in this situation, we're quietly because we got the fire knocked early on and we didn't have to actually go into the building for long. Um, so we only had one wear and we were able to rehydrate afterwards. But yeah, it sort of, it sort of whacked us. And I think the days after, it does have an effect on your training just because of the, the four hour run. Then, you know, 30 minutes in a, you're basically putting on, you know, some down jacket on, down pants, you know, and mm. it's not, not breathable and you just, you just sweat. You know, it's, uh, it's hard, but it's, yeah, it just takes a couple of days to get over it. Does that mean, with say, because you've done some almighty challenges and some massive races, do you then have to almost schedule extra days to be off work before them to make sure that you won't get a really hard incident that would then potentially trash you for your big races? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard, but in the in the past, I've just sort of chanced my luck, and sometimes I, I've came out great. Um, for example quite a few times now I've, I've run the three peaks race in between in between nights and you know I've even won it in between nights so I've come off a night um went down did the race back up back on nights you know and it, it's worked fine but like the other day um I did it sort of in between the night and it, it wasn't great to be honest and I, I struggled but I think that was a combination of last uh the 29 mile race I had a couple of weeks ago and the heat you know, it was just so hot. So mm. I think everything combined it has a big effect on it. And and how do what do your colleagues make of the fact that you were training so ridiculously hard or racing so ridiculously hard and then also putting night shifts and things? Are they are they sympathetic? Are they actually do they actually help by trying kind of adjusting in your favour or do they brutalise you and just kind of rib you for <laughs> it and uh, and pile on the pressure? No, not. I mean, uh, I work with a good bunch of lads and lasses. Um, you know, they're all into some sort of running of type, and we we go out and run together um, in between shifts and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just like anybody else at work. You know, you go to work, you do you do your job. I don't expect anybody to carry us, and um, I get on I get on with what needs done. So just part of the way it is. Now you've you've recently won Man v Horse. How did you find that? Oh, honestly, I've wanted to do that race for so long. Um, I can remember when Hugh Lobb won it in two thousand and four, and obviously it was a big mm. thing then because he was the first guy to win it, and he pocketed twenty five grand, didn't he? So <laughs> it, was big, it was big news, and that was the first mm. time I heard it. And I thought oh, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, you don't get to race a horse anywhere else there, but in Wales. Um, so, mm. so yeah, I mean, I did in 2018 after Missy because I, I got selected for GB and then 2019 come round and, uh, sorry, 2020 and obviously COVID hit. So it was cancelled for two years and I finally got to run it. But yeah, great. Absolutely brilliant event. Uh, I love the, the buzz of like, everybody's buzzing on the morning. Like, I don't know if you've been there, but it, 
everybody's buzzing on the morning. There's the horses trotting around and stuff, and it's just got a, such. The only the only thing I can compare it to was like Zagama, you know, the the mm. full little village or town. Absolutely, everybody's out. All the volunteers, the locals, and you know, everybody comes out to support. Even the little farms and stuff you run through on the route, they're, they're out shouting for you and that. And yeah, I had some great comments off people, like even though you know that's my first visit to that sort of part of Wales. <laughs> and did, how did you find? Because <clears throat> we spoke to Jay Dell, who I think almost beat the horse, but lost by 23 seconds quite a few years ago, kind of four or five years ago. And he was explaining the route. Is it still the same where halfway the horses all overtake you and then you have the climb to kind of catch up and get ahead? Yeah, so I rolled out this year. Usually there's a 15-minute gap between the runner starting and the horse and rider. Um, But this year, for some reason, it was seven minutes and I haven't had a reason why that was this year. So the the first horse actually passed me just after an hour and it was on a a sort of a gradual climb. But they only passed us for maybe maybe 90 seconds, where the trail became a little bit more technical. The, uh, the horse and rider knew there was a, a vet station coming up, so they wanted to rest the horse and allow its heart rate to come down before going into the vet check. Um, and then I passed the horse again. I'd never seen the horse. But when I seen the, when, when the horse passed us, I thought, well, this is game offered, isn't it? I mean, the horse is won now if it's that far up. Because at that, at that moment in time, I thought the 15-minute gap was still in place. Um, but, yeah, the, I looked behind and the, the horse and rider went into the vet check and apparently speaking after the, the, the rider after the race, um, heart rate was really high. So she obviously worked the horse pretty hard. It took a lot longer for the heart rate to come down before she was released. Um, so all oh, that really? was interesting. She's... Yeah. Is that to protect the horse? Yeah, so I only found this out afterwards, mind. Um, so whatever the horse comes in with, with the, the heart rate, they have to be at 60 or below to leave. So they get a full check all over hooves. You know, some horses were getting shit, new shoes fitted um, at, in the vet check and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, it's there's a... The, the horses are well looked after, so they'll check at the start, mm. they checked in the middle and checked at the end. And this is just one of the things to go through to keep the, the horses safe, I guess. And do, do you get a sense then that there are some jockeys who are far better at pacing to ensure that they don't have to, to wait and they kind of almost fly through, or is it very dependent on the day and the horse? Yeah, well, I think it, it obviously very. It depends on a few things. I guess the weather plays a big part of it as well. If it's if it's a lot hotter, um, one of the riders I was speaking to after the race who finished second horse uh, was telling us that these races where you've got to keep the the pace steady and keep the heart rate down. Mm. Obviously, on this, you could either opt for going at a steady pace, getting out the vet check quicker, or I guess you could sort of push the horse a little bit more going a little bit higher, but you're you risking spending more time in, in the vet check. Um, but obviously, with the, the horse being in there a little bit longer, it was more advantageous for me. And um, how, how many years is it since it's been won? So how many how many thousands did you take home? Yeah, so, I, I, so it, it was last one in 2007, um, and obviously rolled over 500 for each year, minus the COVID years. And so I took three and a half grand home, which was like a nice little surprise because 
um, I wasn't even going to turn up to the race because we our we had to cancel our holiday because the kids got chicken pox, and the only day available was like arriving back on the day of the race. So flying back from Tenerife on the on the Friday, um, our flight was delayed, so it pushed it into the morning. We arrived in Manchester Airport at four thirty a.m. I just spent you know four hours on a flight with a one year old on my lap, so I, I didn't get any sleep at all. Uh, we spent another hour waiting for baggage and stuff, and I, I got out of the airport at six o'clock. Made the three-hour drive over to Wales. Uh, there in time just to pick my number up. I arrived at like quarter past nine, and you had to pick your number by nine thirty. And and yeah, made it just in time and did the race. Drove five hours home with no sleep. Wow, was was that? Did you did you travel with the family then, or had they travel back by themselves? Yeah, so we so what we planned like because I I had really wanted to do it, and I wanted to do it for years, and to miss it mm. another year was like it was just a bit frustrating. So we said we'll go down in two cars, uh, park at the airport, and if I decide mm. to do it, you know, go and do it. If not, I can just come home. And um, so yes, yeah, so the family went home in the car. They they had to stop in at the services and have a, a decent sleep because uh, Sophie was so tired. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to miss it. And even in the morning, getting off the flight, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I was so tired. But yeah, just got on with it and did it. And how hard is the race? So it's what, 20, 27 miles? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was nearly 22 mile. Um, I can't remember the, the, the feet. I think it's something like 4,000 feet of ascent. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a pretty fast race. I mean, there's a mixture of everything in there, bits of road, technical trails, uh, forestry, uh, running on big open tracks, then there's bits of single track and everything. Um, yeah, it's a really fun fun, ra- fun race. It's I didn't find it – it's not one of the, the hardest races I've had. You know, I've finished mm. feeling a lot more – a lot a lot tireder, but um, I finished and I, I felt as though I could have went on for another 10 miles. <laughs> well, I mean, you probably need that energy just to get home without falling yeah. asleep and driving off the road, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I think I was, I was, I was a bit worried about that because it was a long drive home, and um, but I think I was, I was that sort of that much adrenaline going through, and I was so shocked to beat the horse that it was like, you know, I, I was bouncing really. <laughs> okay, and just, just that change. I mean, you've not been before, but do, do you get a sense that? the energy of the whole place is lifted when someone beats the horse. Is it something that all the runners want and all the locals want? Or? Yeah, I think, I, I, I feel as though it was that. Like, I didn't spend a lot of time because I finished the race and I knew I had a long drive back and I mm. didn't want to get into that, you know, late night where you, you feel even tireder. So I, I I wish I could have stayed because, you know, even after the race, there was a real buzz around the place and, you know, mm. it was... Um, it, it would have been, let's say, it would have been good crack, I think, staying in the pub later on that night. Uh, there was a lot <laughs> going on, so maybe next year I'll try and get an entry and go back and stay, stay the weekend. I guess you're only going to win 500 quid at the, at the maximum though, if you go back next year. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the money, the money doesn't bother me. Like the the event, like the event sells it for me, to be honest. Like, and it'd be great to go back and be the the first person to to win it two years on the trot. You've got to think, literally on the trot as well, because it gets horses. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to think of um, 
if you're returning, you'd imagine that the riders themselves are probably going to like strategize and they're going to want to take you and not lose their crown for a second time. You'd, you'd, you'd assume. Yeah, you would think so. And in my head, because there was a two year rest, I was thinking like maybe, you know, maybe the horses haven't been running for a couple of years. They've had a couple of years off with COVID and stuff. So maybe this is the best mm. chance to beat the horse. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the horse, the, the race itself changes slightly every year, I think, because of land permissions and stuff. So, mm. um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it might be in favour of the horse next year. You, you just don't know. And then um, before we kind of go back into, I guess, more of your history, you also uh, recently, over the summer, did the 24-hour relay race with Salomon, where you were trying to set the world record for fastest distance by a mixed relay team in in a day. Um, like how how was that? Yeah, I mean that that was something total totally different from what I've ever done before. It was it was good because I I got to test myself in a, a slightly different way from from normal. Um, mm. it, it wasn't easy. The the last so so there was four of us and we had to run for a one hour slot after each other. So once you run mm. your one hour slot, you had three hours off before you went again, and we repeated this six times in in twenty four hours. So the the first sort of three or four uh, hours for me was you know it was okay. Um, I covered, you know, decent sort of distances. Um, I think averaging somewhere just below maybe six minute mileing, but I, I sort of really dipped in the last couple. I struggled a bit from the worst thing was I thought eating would be really easy, mm. but because I, I was feeling a bit ill after I finished, and by the time I, I had a shower and sit down, I had two hours to eat, and then I didn't know what to eat, and I, I, I really st mm. struggled with uh, like stomach issues and uh, cramps, which I'm still getting cramps today, and I don't know if it's not going to affect because of that event, or maybe I'm noticing more now, but, but yeah, I mean, I found that really hard, especially I was the last person to go as well, so once I had finished, mm. that was the 24 hours done, um, and I think that mentally made it a little bit tougher, and but I did I did vote for that as well, like I you know, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. Like, I asked to be the last person, so there you go. What was it that appealed about that? Did you want the glory leg, or is it because you could compare yourself to what everyone else had run? Um, yeah, I think because I knew it, I knew mentally it would be harder. Um, seeing everybody run their legs first and being, being the last person to say, like, you know, I've still got to go, and... Anything, anything I do, which I, you know, I don't mind doing it the hard way, and you know, that's that's what I've always done in the past. So it's just sort of, yeah, it's just what what I fancied really. Have you had you done track prior to that that period? Um, no, not really. I think, yeah, I've done bits of road and that, but nothing, nothing really flat. To be honest, that's you know the the biggest flat event I've done really. And, and did you? How did you adapt your training? Were you doing things like track interval sessions, and or were you just training typically and then turned up? Yeah, well, it, it worked. It worked quite well into my training, I think, because um, during that winter and sort of autumn, I sort of I, I wasn't getting out on the fells a lot. Um, a lot of my training was based from home, which I live on the coast, and although it's it's hilly, it's like it's got nothing like 
you know, no big hills. So it's a, it's a lot more flat mm. running and a lot more road, a lot more trailing. And, and I think just it was just coincidence that I wasn't getting out on the fells because of um, some other stuff that I had going on. So, yeah, it worked in my favour, really. But I didn't really change the way I do anything with regards to sessions. I still try to get some speed sessions in, some heel sessions. Um, yeah, and just used it sort of as a, as a test of fitness, really. And how did you find what something monotony of um, going around a track repeatedly? Like, was that a struggle for you, or? Yeah, I mean that that was another thing. It's like it's, it's so easy to forget now. Six started about six months down the line, nearly. Well, just nearly six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that that was that was really tough. Like, because they had the clock over the finish line. So obviously, every time you you did a lap, you were seeing the clock. And it was just ticking down like minute by minute, and it was to be honest, it, it was torture, and it was hard to put out your <laughs> your mind because it's there. It was like massive, big clock. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for mental toughness, you know, I can't understand these people what what run on track for twenty four hours. That must be mind boggling, and I can't, you know, hats off to them, but I can't understand how they do it. Like it's unbelievable. And did you try and zone out and almost get get into a meditative state, or were you just always in the moment and um, <laughs> just always screaming to yourself, "Ah, come get through this, come on"? <laughs> well, I, I had the I had the GPS on, so just to sort of keep a clock of how quickly I was running because I didn't I was cautious. I didn't really want to even the first lap. Like, I watched everybody else go off, and they're like they were absolutely fun. Like I mean. You know, I think I think Matt, one of the other guys, doing five and a half minute mile for an hour, and uh, Ali Lavin, you know, she was doing like I think five forty five or something, and I was thinking more like six and a quarter or something. Um, but yeah, it's um, that 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 was that was another hard bit the pacing game. They had the GPS on, and obviously there was there was uh, loads from Salomon there as well, and. They they had a ride around the two times, so it does take your mind off it having a chat. But you know, I didn't speak them much them last couple of hours. And um, and we, have you had to do quick recoveries before in in the, the races you've done or or runs? Have you done relays before? And you know, did, did it throw up any other challenges other than the food? Yeah, I'm 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 pretty much used to because most days I do run twice a day um, mm. unless I have one long run so and sometimes it's like drop the kids off at nine go have a run and then have a run at dinner time before I pick them up so I've got enough time to have a shower and get sorted so I've had two runs within like a four hour period um, mm. but yeah I, I sort of I've got used to that over the years and I've done a, f- a few events um, where you've got to recover quickly for the next day but I think getting older, I think recovery becomes harder. So, you know, I think I, I feel it a lot more now than I, I used to sort of 10 years ago. Do you think then you'll change your, are you are you having to adapt and are you actually rethinking your sessions with the next 10 years in mind? Or do you think you'll, you'll always try and do two a day and just see how long you can hang on for? Yeah, as long, I think as long as... I feel as though I can be 
as long as I feel as though I can win, uh, turn up and win, I think I'll I'll put the effort into training to to try and be as be- good as I can. But once I, I get that feeling, and I know, I know this sounds, you know, a bit, you know, once I'm not winning, it's like, you know, part of winning is part of it for me. And although I, I love mm. running and I'll always run, um, competing, uh, part of winning, it's 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 all in one bundle for me. So I think once I start sort of tailing off a little bit, I think I will sort of race less, to be honest. Do you think, because it's interesting you say that, I, I feel I'm not obviously not to your standard, but having been injured and coming back, I'm really struggling with purpose because everything yeah. was always focused on a certain pace or a certain level, knowing I had something coming up. And now that I don't have that, I do find myself a little bit kind of cast adrift. When you look and you think, oh, why do I need to go and do that tempo run? Why do I have to do this hard session? When the result of it is just that I've done it, but it doesn't lead to anything more. Like, do, you, do you think you're going to cut back on running a lot then, as well as the the racing? Or do you think you'll always have that, that joy of running? Yeah, I think I'll always have the joy of running, but the the, the purpose won't be there anymore to, to train as hard as I, I do now. Um, you know, I, I think I'll, I will still do sessions and stuff, but yeah, I think that as, as I sort of, you know, have a decline as I get older, I, I think it, it will cut back a little bit, but, um, but you, you never know, you, things might change and, you know, one, one bad run or one tired run can, you know, can make you feel as though why you asking all these questions, like, why, mm. why do I do it? Why do I put my body through this when, you know, I'm, end of day, I'm at, you know, competing in fell races locally and stuff and, you know, what's it all for? And I think, I think this is some, a lot of people ask themselves and, you know, and, and it can be, it can be, it can come from, you know, like I just said before, like a bad drone or a tired drone or, you know, you've had a bad mm. week and then the end of it, you ask them, well, why am I going out flogging myself for a session when, you know, I'm knackered. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it is a, it is a tough game to keep on going sometimes, like you just said. And do you, do you find that a, would you rather win like a big local race where everyone you know is, is involved and you're kind of the local hero? Or would you rather win a race that no one local really knows, but it's maybe a higher standard, but further afield? Like what, what is it that you think that, you get from the win um what is it that motivates you for that win yeah that, that's a that's a hard one because although although i like i like the win it's it's part part pushing yourself as well so it, you know it come it, co- it comes it comes hand in hand i think so if you if you turn up and you've had a really good run and you obviously you've won and you've pushed yourself and you know that you've you've left you know it all out there, it's like I, f- I find that really satisfying. So mm. so you know there was there was one race the weekend where uh, just uh, well a week ago on Saturday and it was the fell race which is quite a tough fell race in the lakes. Uh, it's twenty one mile with nine thousand feet over some of the roughest and the highest mountains in the lakes and. Yeah. You know, I set I set off pretty pretty hard, and you know, I built up a little lead, but it 
soon dwindled and I got to the point where I was like, you know, I was absolutely breathing out me, me, me ass, to be honest. And it was that way for the last two hours of the race and slowly but surely people come by and stuff and I was just concentrating on putting one foot in front of the other. And in that race, 25% of the field dropped out on that day. Um, so it just shows how tough the race was and how tough the day was because it was really hot. But yeah, mm. I feel as though by finishing, although I was absolutely flogged and, you know, the the, the descent finishes down Scarfell Pike. And usually if you're racing that, it take you 16 to 20 minutes. It took us over 40 minutes on this particular day. <laughs> Um, you know, I had pins and needles in my arms and stuff. I had to lay down at one point. I was like, mm. I felt as well I was going to fall over. But, you know, I got, I got something really satisfying out of that because I, I pushed myself a little bit further. Okay, I didn't get the win, but I, that day was just about persevering. And I think I needed mm. something like that to happen um, just to sort of give us a little bit of a test, to be honest, like. Because kind of going back to the start then, like when, at what point did you realise that you loved fells? And at what point did you realise you were good at, at running, and that's particularly fell running? Um, well, well, early on when I, when I first started at school, I was like, I was never the best. You know, I ran with a group of lads. Um, you know, and I was probably out, out of 10 of them, I was sort of eighth, eighth best out of them, so... Um, but yeah, I went to my first fell race, and you know it was a it was a typical sort of winter's day in West Cumbria. It was it was wet, it was bleaty. Um, you know the fields were covered in like deep mud and stuff. But I ran that first race, and some just clicked with us. You know, I played a little bit of rugby. I played I played football. I done other team sports, but yeah, some just really clicked with us with fell running. And since mm. then, I was like, I just got obsessed, and it's never stopped, to be honest. And um, but yeah, it's it's stomach. You know, I started it back then when I was sort of fifteen, and but it's stomach I'll see stay out for the rest of my life, I think. And because was it the what is it about fell running that you think is is so appealing to you? Is, is it the slog that that you enjoy? Yeah, again, it's it's a mixture of both. I, I like I like the toughness of it. I mean, it's it's really really hard to to like some fell races are really hard. I understand road running; it's hard for a completely different reason because you know you're going flat out as fast as you can for as long as you can, and really to me that's probably probably is a bit harder because you get no rest period. Where in a fell race, it, you know, once you've climbed to the top, you do get a, a tiny bit of rest going downhill, even though you're still running fast. But yeah, fell, fell running, especially in the lakes, I think because the majority of my running are in the, on the lakes and stuff, and I'll go out and just spend hours out there on my own. And yeah, just being out in a wide open space and being able to put myself through a bit of, bit of pain. Um, yeah, it's just combined together is is just perfect for for the what I'm looking for really. Do you do you think your what do you think makes you good? Is it the fact that you you train well? Do you think it's natural talent, or do you think you've got an ability to 
to push into that pain harder than and more than others? Um, yeah, I, I don't know because you know, yeah, I look at sometimes I look at races and stuff, and one would stick always sticks in my mind. Can you remember when the Brownlee brothers finished that race and? What, uh, mm. I think the uh, Alistair helped Johnny into the finish and stuff. And yeah. you look and you think they have put they've put themselves through the absolute mangle to get to that finish. And yeah, I look at myself and I some compare it to that. And I think I finished a race, but absolutely flogged. But I'm not as I'm not as flogged as that. And I, I I can't understand why that is. Uh, maybe it's some in your body what kicks in and it's like a reserve to hold back at any bit and. But yeah, I finished my, my third amount of race absolutely shattered. But yeah, a majority of them I feel as though I finish and, you know, I've got more running insiders. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, like. And for, because what struck me when, when we met, uh, first met, was for, for a runner, and maybe it's slightly different for fell runners, but not in my mind. You're incredibly like muscular. Um, you you seem to be a lot like heavier set, more muscles than most runners I know. Like is is that something that comes with the job, or something natural to you, or something you've actually worked on? Um, yeah, I think that's well. It, no, be, at work we get to use the gym a lot. So, mm. and although I don't lift weights, I do a lot of core stuff. So it's mainly like pull-ups, um, um, press-ups, dips, and stuff like that. And it's a lot of sort of body weight worked exercises. And I think it's just it's just natural. It's something I enjoy, what, what goes along well with running. And I understand that, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm probably not the lightest at, like, I sort of hover around 78 to 80 kilograms. And, but I guess I'm, I'm six foot four. But, but yeah, that's some you know, it's just part of us. And, you know, I, I do understand that if I was lighter, I'll maybe run a little bit quicker. But, yeah, I prefer to do what I, I enjoy and, and just, you know, do what I can in running, really, with what, with what I've got. And, and do you think that kind of core strength and overall strength, has, has that helped with resisting injuries? Um. Yeah, I think I think it does in a way, but I mean, I, I say that, and I've been I've got plantar fasciitis, and I've had that for two and a half years now, like so, um, bits like that. But yeah, I, I've been being without injuries over the years, so mm. I wouldn't say it's contributed much to staying injury free. Um, but yeah, it's like you say, it's just something I really enjoy, and you know, it, mm. at work we get to use the gym together with uh, the rest of the lads and lasses on shift, and and we often do circuits and stuff, and it's just just part of it. You've, and for the job as well, you've you've got to be strong. I mean, you can get away without doing much in the gym, but I think it's always good to be a, a little bit stronger than you need to be. Yeah, I, I guess that because you're always lifting heavy equipment, aren't you? Um, yeah. And and so then, in terms of the races, then when you start when you started to realise you were good at long, um, you've had such a, a varied career, like. Which are the which are the wins or the successes that really stand out to you as being either the ones you've enjoyed the most or the ones that you're most proud of or the hardest? Um, I think I think Sagama was a big one for me because I feel as though 
I the previous year in 2008 I had run in in Europe I'd raced in Andorra and I'd raced in Italy um, a race which ran from Italy to Switzerland and I placed reasonably well you know I think I was seventh in one of them eighth in the other and then obviously the following year I went into the world world sky runner series it was called then I don't know mm. if it still is now and the gamma was the first race up so I I got picked up by Salomon late in 2008 and then went out with Salomon, some of the Salomon team to, to do Zagama. And I guess Zagama sticks in my mind a lot because, yeah, it was a, a fantastic, a fantastic race and I won it. And, you know, it was probably a breakthrough race for me. Um, you know, the, the crowds and that, everybody knows the crowds at Zagama. It was just like that back then in 2009. Maybe there's more people now, but it was such an amazing experience to experience that. Uh, the party afterwards, absolute crazy. I've never known anything like it. Um, and yeah, and it sort of it sort of put me at my name out there, really. So you know, that's a, that's a big one for me. It sticks out, and I, I feel I feel lucky to say that I've been one of the winners in the past. You know, because Killian's going for the like last ten years <laughs> on and off or something. So you know, yeah. I, I I was just lucky that year that Killian didn't turn up. But yeah, that's that's <laughs> one, and you know I've got uh, there's other races like what are local as well, like um, you know there's there's one called Blencathra Fell race, and I'd raced it for a few years, but and I actually set the the record in 2009, the when I come back from Sagana. So a, a guy who I look up to called Alan Bonus, he was a, a local guy who was you know he ran for GB on the mountains and stuff, and ran some quick times on the road. And he had held it since 1989. He was the only person to ever go under um, under the hour, and he ran 59 and a half, something like that. And and yeah, so to to take his record, and I took it by over a minute. It was like it was unreal, really. Like because you know I look up to people like that, and you think you never get close to to people like mm. that. So so yeah, to take a to little a little record like that was a was amazing, really. And. It's only it's only last year where the, it was made a championship race and they changed the course slightly, but I don't think the times were you know they were I think Jeff, Jacob Agkin was a little bit faster than me, but his course was slightly shorter on the start and the finish. So so yeah, but yeah, I feel um, to take little records like that, I know it doesn't mean a lot to other people and some people have never heard of it, but to me that's that's bigger than a lot of big races I've run abroad. Because it does feel, because we've, um, we've talked about the lakes a fair bit with um, James Appleton, I think he was the first person on the party to talk about it, who moved up there to get good at fell. And, and it does feel as if everyone knows the local records, everyone knows the local races, and that the, the clubs have these huge rivalries. Like, is it as, I guess, historic in its viewpoint, um, the running culture out there, as, as it seems to be from, from the outside? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the 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 fell. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a seasoned like um, championship runner. You know, I don't run the English championships ever. In fact, I've never done it as a as an adult. I've done it under as under twenty. But yeah, the the fell running community is a tight knit community. That you know, you turn up to a race, and the chances are that you're racing the same people you did a couple of weeks ago. at um, you know, mm. a long race. Um, so yeah, everybody seems to know everybody, and I guess it's like it's like people 
I guess it's like Europe, like when they say, you know, oh, have you done UTMB? You know, in the lakes they say, oh, have you done Borrowdale? Have you done Bosdale? You know, have you done these big races? And I guess it's the same, but on a smaller scale, you know, just a, a, a really a, a close, tight knit community. And are you, are you seeing the, because we've, we've spoken to Nikki a few times about how things like the Bob Graham now, that the routes are completely different to how it used to be because so many more people have, have run it and also because it's been drier that there actually are established paths now in areas that there weren't. Like, are you seeing in all the small, in, in these smaller races and, and in, in fell running in the, the area in general that actually things like feet in the clouds, the popularization of trail, um, the easier access, is, is the community changing and, and, and are the routes changing in their nature as well? Yeah, so the I don't think the community's changing. I mean, I think them old like old school runners are getting less and less. Um, mm. And obviously, there's a there's an influx of like younger younger runners coming through, and they've just got a different way of wanting to race and stuff. And um, but yeah, I think there's the the amount of people coming through. There's right now there's a there's a hell of a lot of events on, so you could probably you could go this weekend and probably find about seven or eight events in a, a small, small area, not in the lakes, but I mean, dotted around the Northwest. Mm. Um, and they mm. can range from, you know, trail races to fell races and stuff. So in a way it probably is, is changing slightly, but I think your, your classics like, like Borrowdale and like Wasdale and the Ennerdale horseshoes have been around for, for a while and had a lot of history. Um, yeah, you're still getting the the old diads turn up to them who's run them for the, like last 25 years, which is is pretty cool to be honest. Like it's um it, it's great to see the that sort of commitment to the race. And and do you because I've been travelling with the Golden Trail and there's they've had a taste of not fells but with things like the um, heading to Scotland for the last few years. Um, They've got, they've got a sense of some of the kind of terrain that you can get in Britain. Do you, do you, do you feel that there's almost a disconnect still between trail running in Europe and, and trail running in the UK, but in particular in the Fells, that, that, that it's, it's still a different sport? Or do you think they are growing closer together? Mm. I mean, I mean, to me, it, it, it's all it's all running. It's like it's like going to shop and buying a, a pint of milk. You know, you've got you've got green label, you've got red label, and you've got blue label. That's that's all. But it, basically, it's milk, isn't it? So yeah, to me, it's as is all the same. To be honest, I mean, these I know fell running. You've you've got to maybe have to navigate, and the route isn't marked and stuff. But yeah, to to me, I, I don't differentiate between them all. I say I see I see a, a trail race or a, a fell race, a sky race. You know, they're all the same. Now, um, when I was on the Gone Show, um, one of the things that was mentioned, you you happened to crop up in conversation between a couple of the Salomon team, uh, team staff, and uh, they were in particular mentioning, I can't remember the what in the night was now, but you've got quite a reputation for celebrating, should we say, after races and uh, spending as much time socialising after training session as you do. Like kind of training hard, like is is that something that's always been throughout your career? 
Well, I, back then I was I was younger. I didn't have kids, and you know I had a lot more a lot more free time on my hands. And you know I, I think that, that's part of it. I mean, you know, you, you turn up to a fell race, and you know some races they, they go out on the drink afterwards, or if they're staying over somewhere, or but yeah, I mean, and, and I, I could probably guess in particular which it was, but um, when we used to turn up till Salomon Advance Week. Obviously, it was a week testing gear, and it was the first one I went to in, I think it was 2010, and it was in sort of uh, the south of France, around Vontoux area. And uh, at the end of the, the week, they usually say, right, we've uh, we've got your little surprise. You know, we, like I've, I've been scuba diving, I've done Via Ferrata, and I've done, in this particular time, it was wine tasting. I'm not, uh, I'm not a wine drinker, but when you know everybody's there and they're all testing the wine you do you do as you do as everybody else is doing in in the south of france in the vineyard so uh, yeah that 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 night i got a little bit uh, too much wine but i still managed to race the following day at, um, i think it was one two half marathon so yeah still managed to race and have you have you always um you know in the younger days did you ever find that it affected performance and were there kind of any times when you look back and think, oh man, those particular nights I went a bit overboard? No, because although, you know, although I've done what I've done in, in the past in races and, you know, I've never, I've took it serious, but I've not took it serious. You know, at the end of the day, it's a hobby. You know, I'm, I'm not making, I'm not making thousands out of doing racer and you know it would be a different mm. thing if you were like a sponsored athlete where you're making a lot of money and you know it was mm. sort of you're making a living but yeah it's always been a hobby and i i like i'd like to think that i'm a opportunist and i've took anything what's been put in my path what's come along what i could do within reason um and i feel as though you know if salomon said to us tomorrow that you know that's it. We, we we can't sponsor you anymore. I feel as I've had a really good run, and um, I feel lucky and privileged to to be part of what I've been part of over the the ten years. Well, what is it? Twenty, uh, nearly fourteen years I've been with them. Now, um, I've got a few questions that um, from the the debaters, the listeners. I know one question um, that we we had actually a lot of the national run show as well to do with just training around having a full time job and training around like night shifts. Have, have you got any tips or secrets to kind of how how you manage to, to train so effectively when you are working so hard and, and your hours are so unpredictable? Well, so changeable more than unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, I, I work two days, two nights, four days off, so I'm quite lucky in that way. But, but yeah, I mean, be, before day shift, I think it comes down to the person and motivation. I mean, I've always mm. got, got the motivation even through winter when it means getting up and running in the dark in the morning running in the dark at the night and I've seen us go out as you know before work as early as like four o'clock and at night time I've seen myself go out as late as 10 o'clock and I guess it, it at the end of the day it drops down to the person how much they want something or how much they, they want to achieve something how much they're willing to put in um, mm. but, but yeah if I, with regards to tips and stuff it's i do the two night shifts and i you know we do get a, a bit of downtime at work we i wouldn't i wouldn't say we we go to sleep um but yeah and it, 
training in the morning after night shift is really difficult and I can understand it's difficult for everybody but I think the most important part is once you finish shift that is when you, you're going to be your best for that morning I think so it's important I think get get out um, have a run as soon as you're finished and then once you're home you can shower you know sit down and then you can chill out and rest if you need to or in my case I've got the kids so I've got to look after the kids um, but yeah I mean getting out getting out and getting it done sooner rather than later so don't sit down don't go home don't have your tea you know just get out run and then recover later and what does your missus make of it all is she is she kind of almost longing for the day that you're going to semi-retire or is it does she understand it's, it's part of your kind of your psyche yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm looking at as well i've got a really understanding family and you know they've supported us through everything really and but but yeah it does like obviously I've got joy now and he's been, he's been here for 18 months and it does I found myself a bit more restricted over the last 18 months since we've had him mm-hmm. um, you know sometimes I, I, I can't get out early early for that morning run because I've got sort joy out and then Isabel for school and you know so it does just restrict in a way but you know I, I find time for the day like you know, if he's he's having his nap and I put him in his pram, I can sort of, even though it's not like a run run, I'm still getting out with the pram and doing a few miles. And I think it's that's important, just getting out in the fresh air and being outside. Um, and I think that's, for me, that it's something that I need every day. It's like, it's like a drug and it's, it, is, it is an obsession, but I need it to keep keep going every day. I need, I need to get out. And, and what, do, what do you think your secret success has been? Uh, I, see, I've, I've looked, I've looked at some of the things I've done, and I don't think you know I've won some races, but I haven't been that successful. I don't think um, you know I've done well at some races, but yeah, uh, no, I don't think I've been. I wouldn't say I've, I've been a, a successful runner. I think I've done well, but mm. but yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and and what have you got left on your bucket list of races today? There's yeah, there's the stuff I still want. I would like to win, but my chances of winning them now as I'm getting older is just becoming more difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I always said I wanted to do a fast Bob Graham in summer, but I feel as though my my, my chances of doing that are sort of dwindling away. It's, I think the the reasons behind that are getting them out of training to do myself mm. justice and you know I've got little niggles here and there what I need to get to see until and I know I won't be able to uh, keep the training up to, to keep that going but if I said there was there was something I, I really wanted to, to do before I, I, I stopped competing it would be I think it would be get to get out to sort of Asia and race a bit more out there I, I have done over the years I've raced out there quite a lot I've done Kinabalu Climathon in, in Borneo three times and uh, I've done Singapore 100. Uh, I've done a little race in Thailand, and but yeah, there's there's so many other other races, just little ones. Of, you know, you don't need to be massive events, just just little races in in different places. What I would like to do, but yeah, that issue would be this place to go for me. And um, and just kind of picking up on what you were saying before about how you didn't think you've been that successful. Is is there an element of dissatisfaction then with with what you've achieved and and would you say that you you think if things had gone differently, you maybe 
would have achieved more? Um, possibly. I mean, even even at the minute, like um, I've sort of had this. I've had a, a problem which has been bothering us for quite a while, and I know it is restricting what I do. And sometimes I, I get out in the morning and it aches for quite a long time before I can mm. sort of feel as I can stand upright. And um, yeah, I think little bits like that have held us back a little bit. And then obviously family comes along and it restricts you a little bit. And I feel so sometimes when I've, you know, I've done really well to qualify for an event for, you know, a championship or something like that. And then um, I've turned up to the championship and I, and I feel as though every time I've done that, I haven't done myself justice, you know, like mm. 20th just recently. I think, is that, I, yeah, I, I don't feel as though it's a, a true showing of what I, I could probably actually do even now. Mm. Um, but I guess that's just some way sometimes it goes. And, you know, but I, on in the on the same hand, I've had them days where you know you feel as though you're absolutely bouncing, and you know, like days like Sagama, like that Blencathro I mentioned, and you know mm. the World Trail, the World Trail champs in Wales. You know, I I think it was my third ultra. Summer. I was really violently ill the day before, um, but I turned up and won that by ten minutes, and I was I felt as though at the end I could run another fifty mile. So, you know, but. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know the circumstances of that story. Incredible. Um, and would you say then that's probably your kind of, if you were to say your peak performance, would that be it? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a hard one. I think uh, I wouldn't say that that was the, it was maybe one of the peaks, but I feel as though over the years I've had a few different peaks. I, think, I feel as though I was running well in sort of 2009. Um, I, I was running well at, at times around 2013. I think I went like I was sent to one of the lads over there. They were asking us something. I said, I think I went like a couple of year, like 2013, 2014, maybe where I, I didn't lose a race. I think the only race I lost was like one road race or something in that two year period. Um, mm. Fair enough. Like, you know, some of them were them races that year. With, it was obviously the World Trail Champs, the Otter Trail, Dodo Trail. Uh, there's a couple of the races in Europe and a lot of local races as well. But yeah, I, I think I didn't win a race, uh, lose a race for a couple of years then. But, I mean, incredible. And, and do you, I guess that's that must be probably where the frustration stems from. If you know you've done so well for such a period, to then just have yeah. anything else just feels like, um, yeah, you've, you've underperformed, even though you may not have done. It's just that you had a, a golden period. Um, yeah, that's maybe the reason behind it. I mean, yeah, and if you'd asked us, you know, seven years ago, it maybe been a totally different story, but yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ricky. And um, have you have you got any big races people can kind of come and say hello at in the future or that you're going to be in the next uh, few months? Yeah, I've not I've not planned anything particularly. Um, you know, I'll turn up to Borodale again and give that give that another go. I think I've won it maybe eight times now, and uh, the the record for wins there is eleven races. So it'd be great to take that. But I think my, my as my my chances are going, you know, it's getting smaller and smaller. So, but yeah, apart from that, I'll I'll be probably. Um, 50 miler in December I'll be up but yeah apart from that um, I've got no plans really and um, if people want to follow you on social media what's the or, or follow you in other formats what's the best way for them to do that 
Yeah, so just Ricky Lightfoot on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and um, you should find us no bother. And do you think your name has almost nominative determinism? Do you think that's helped you become a runner or is that just a complete coincidence? Well, it's funny you should mention that because when, when winning the horse, obviously I did a lot of interviews from, you know, one of the, the randomest one was um, a TV, TV interview uh, with a presenter in Kazakhstan um, <laughs> to, to the American radio, um, Irish radio, all over really but yeah that, that that was the first time i've heard um that being used and i was like i i, I did have to look you up to see what it, it meant but, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy like, really because a lot of people were saying that afterwards when nobody's ever said it before eh? interesting yeah okay i guess they've come from an, an outsider's perspective and that's they probably know less about the details of the race so that's the first thing they're drawn to rather than the actual yeah beat, uh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and, and good luck with well, retaining your Burradale trophy for the for the ninth, tenth and hopefully 11th time. Um, and if you're ever in London and need to play a, cra a place to crash or something around with, please give us a shout. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Thanks very much for having us on. It's been great to talk. My pleasure. Cheers, Ricky. So there you go, Dave Batters. That's Ricky. Wanted to interview him, interview him for a long time. He's, um, as you can tell, actually, his his results, I think, are, are so much better than he acknowledges or realise, realises because I don't think he understands how much harder it, well, how much easier it is to not have to have a job where you're doing all your core, you're working out with going to fires, you're lifting on this heavy equipment, and having night shifts and constant tiredness. So I think his performance has been absolutely tremendous given all that. But if there's some guests you'd like us to interview in the future, then let me know, david at badboyrunning.com. Jody's away on holiday at the moment, which is why it's just me today. And if you like this episode, then some other episodes that are um, along similar things. We've sp spoken to Nikki Spinks, I think a couple of times, um, two or three times, where she talked about things like the Bob Graham rounds, all the different rounds that she's she's set the double records in. Jasmine Paris as well. Um, she talks about breaking the, the Bob Graham rounds, um, setting the Bob Graham round records. One of our very first episodes, James Appleton, really, really interesting because he was a friend of ours and John Albums as well, same team who uh, recently won Mont Blanc Marathon. Um, James moved to the, um, the Lake District to really embed himself in the, the running community and get good at trail running partly to, to help with his obstacle racing but then actually i think he just preferred it to obstacle racing and so he gave a really interesting insight from more of an outsider's perspective of how bell running was different and a lot of the little nuances and things that um you kind of notice as someone going into a scene for the first time so that was really really good episode and james tremendous run as well so um Thanks for listening, guys. If you could review, that really, really helps um, because that gives us our credibility with future guests. Any feedback, letters at badboyrun.com, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you are.
Fuck you, buddy. 